Welcome to The Truth Response. Hey, what's going on out there in podcast land? My name is Mark. I am the editor of The Truth Response. And this episode of The Truth Response is going to be a little bit different because sometimes some of the best conversations that happen around uh, our church are pretty spontaneous. Uh, so what you're going to hear to, in this episode is actually a sound check. Derek, one of the tchotchkes, had started a sound check and they got off into a, a conversation that really turned out to be uh, something pretty special. Uh, the topic ranges wildly throughout the entire conversation, but it mostly focuses on worship and the aspects of worship. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, just a heads up a little bit. It's in some places it will sound choppy. Uh, had to edit out some some background noise and some side conversations that really had nothing to do with the, the uh, meat and potatoes of what was going on. And then the end is kind of cut off as well, just for the same reason as they were trying to get ready for the actual recording of the podcast. So it may seem a little choppy and a little bit um, a little bit weird in some places, but I really think this is something uh, you're going to enjoy. Uh, the conversation is lively, it's funny, and it also gets very deep and uh, and touches on some subjects that uh, uh, really affect the church in a lot of different ways. So uh, sit back, relax. Welcome to the Truth Response. The good stuff in, in, in between. But that breaking process was a re, is a hard process. And not, I don't know if every, and I know everybody doesn't come out on the good side of that. Like, I have, I have a, a friend, I remember talking with him, Young, young guy, really, you know, really excited, really excitable, and he even shared with me right before I graduated, uh, he still had another year and a half, he said, you know, Nick, I don't even know if I believe in God right now. He's like, I've gone through, like, being an atheist coming to Johnson Bible College, and now I'm, like, more agnostic, but, and my relationship with God and Christ is mending but he's like, I, I have gone through not even believing in God at Bible college. And I think that is more the, the, the rule than it is the exception. I think a lot of people experience that, especially young people. Like when you come out of, of a, and not that I'm downplaying what, what we do with our youth, but when you come out of the youth group experience, and then all of a sudden you're thrust into a Bible college, which is not a youth group experience anymore, right, even right. though you try to make it that way, mm-hmm. and is real, and you're, you're dealing with heavy, heavy topics and subjects, like, we as a church are falling flat on our face because we're not preparing our youth for for the heaviness mm-hmm. of what... Well, but I think that's a of new what a relationship thing. with Christ I think is. that's a you're new right, thing, a newer thing, because yeah. of the, the idea of Can the... Yeah. Yeah, the I think it's a new thing because of what our our generations have slowly declined when it comes to Bible knowledge. Like we don't we don't teach kids to memorize scripture anymore. Like yeah. it doesn't happen. Well, that's actually something interesting that you just memorizing scripture. I think that's something that I didn't really learn. I grew up in a traditional background and I didn't really learn memorizing scripture. We memorized like prayers and things of that nature, right? And, um, but I think getting older, the, you know, memorizing scripture and having it being able to be sealed in your heart is important. So then when you go to, from that quote, youth group experience, you go from that to being in a Bible college where it's college just happens to be your course of study is the Bible, right? And so you go from that youth group experience, which is slightly entertainment, a little bit of, you know, teaching, like there right and you go from that to just straight teaching like it's it's like eating it's like i don't know eating candy and then like rock candy and then just going out and eating boulders like there's a major difference and yeah see i grew up my background was i i went through awana 
Right. I don't want to program. You have to memorize scripture. That's still a thing. Like, yeah. yeah, they still do it. Yeah. Still do it. Schools and towns. But you have to memorize scripture in town. every week. Like, a lot of scripture every week. You know, like three or four verses. I know that's not a lot. I mean, it's a lot for nowadays. Right. You know, like nobody, nobody's memorizing anything. Um, but I, I did Bible quizzing, which right. meant I had to memorize whole books. Yeah. Like, I memorized, like, all of, I don't know, I think I had... Hosea or something or and then I had like four chapters five chapters of Hebrews or something but like we don't all that stuff's kind of gone away like we don't memorize scripture anymore so how does it how does it guide us if we're not you know locking it away and saving it but you did all those things but can you tell me what they were now like most of the people that i know that did bible bowl and stuff like that memorized it just for the competitions and as soon as they were done using it they they it's out of their mind sure so I, it did it there was no at practical application to that well but i i i think that that comes from lack of practicing it like i think that when when things arose when i had that stuff memorized yeah. Like, That's what's missing in the church. I don't think we can point it really at the kids because as adults, we're not really doing well, discipleship either. But I, I think it's discipling kids is going away. Mm-hmm. Like Discipling yeah, right. adults is also... I would say sure. that discipleship yeah. is yeah. the number one thing that faces at least the American church's population is that there's no discipleship top down. Yeah. There That's isn't. True. So I mean, what, we're, what we're pushing right now right. is going through this 13-week program, and this is it for now, but we may change material the material isn't the point right um but we have a 13-week program that we do it's a pretty simple thing um and at the end of the 13 weeks you're ready to lead a group of your own right and so you then pull you know two to four other people and lead them through this and now they're equipped to lead it on their own so then it can multiply fast like that potentially um doesn't work like that in reality all that often but um that's how it spreads and that's how it's going to work. Not like a program, but more like just people mentoring other people. Yeah. And it builds that, that relationship. Like that's something that uh, accountability for the thing. I mean, you know, if you've been in church for a year, you already know everything that is going to be in this 13 weeks. Right. right? I mean, it's, there's no, you know, grand revelations. "Ah!" It's all just, Hey, you know, this is true. Now do it. Yeah. Let's, I mean, we're all going to do it. Then we're going to ask if you did it. Um, yeah. And you got to be well, honest. And the last question is, have you lied about it? Pretty much like, have you yeah. lied about any of this? Yeah. Right. So if you, if you don't tell the truth, then you have to lie twice. So, well, but that's what I was going to say in response to your question of, do I remember any of it? Um, I can't quote scripture in verse. No. But if something comes up, I can be like, well, the Bible says said thing. And and bring that out and apply uh, like you know in in context I can I can I can bring it up so no I can't I can't remember like scripture and verse memorize word for word now but because of that when a situation arises I know what scripture says on it versus there's a guessing that happens without knowing scripture that uh, I guess. I mean, with this and this, and this is how Jesus was, I think. Like, there's a lot of that going on. Versus if you know Scripture, then then you could be like, well, Scripture says this, you know. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna revert back to my. It's. I mean, it's there's there's a there's a disconnect of relationship. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and but the thing is, is like, there's also a disconnect in knowing what the Bible actually says and understanding it. Agreed. Like, you can have groups all day long right. that are positive and, and you know, accountability and all that, but if you don't know Scripture, right, then how are you getting to know Jesus? Well, that's what the accountability is. Well, okay, but I'm just you're, saying, like... You're asking like, each other, did you read this week? That's yeah. question number one. Um you know. Right, I haven't gone through the the, the yeah. program. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if that's not a massive part of it, does getting together matter all that much in right. the grand scheme of knowing Jesus and and discipling? Is it really discipling 
if you're not bringing the one who started the discipling. Right. Uh, in the same sense, like, let's say, obviously, you're married and all of you are married, right? But you meet someone new, right? You want to invest in getting to know them, right? And the whole point of your relationship is to get to know each other better, right? It's not just to live. It's to get to know each other better and, and, and change with each other and that type of thing. In the same way that Jesus doesn't change, but we want to get to know him better to model him better, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but that's not that's not just getting to know somebody new. Right. Like, if I don't continue to, to know her, and I think that's been a, a struggle with of mine and our relationship in in the past is that like i have stopped at times trying to get to know my wife right and that that causes road bumps yeah because we are constantly changing yeah as people now jesus no he doesn't change but our relationships do it's crazy. It's crazy. I guess the conversation went this direction. I was thinking about, um, and not to put anybody else down. I was just listening to someone's broadcast from a church I was involved in and played drums in a couple of years ago, when I was like really young in college, and I, I I watched their service and you know I I like the the pastor there. He's a really like deep theological. Like he's a really good apologist, right? And so his teaching is like really rich. I mean, it's not. This is not a buff, like his sermons are not buffets, right? I mean, his sermons are like four course, like you have to be ready to eat this amount of food meal, right? That's just how his teaching is. He's a college professor and he's also a, a pastor, right? So that's just how he, how his, his preaching is. And But I listened to the, 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 the worship service and the band that I used to play with, it was the same four songs that I remember playing years ago. Like, I could tell you the chorus truck, like, the same exact songs. Now, granted, there are some songs that we need to hold on to. Like, I think the the song Our God by Chris Tomlin is a great song. It's it's a declaration song, right? But it, it was the same music, and in my it reminded me of this old line that we used to say when I was, like, a freshman in college, that growing things change. And when we're growing in our relationship with Jesus, obviously Jesus doesn't change, right? But we need to, right? The whole point of the gospel is to is to change us. And... It's interesting that you bring up music okay. because I, I, I know you hate my musical style. Well, no, 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 no. But I, I have been very much the I kind like of person, style. the very much the kind of person that's like, you know, we we shouldn't do the same song every week, but we should be doing you know a set group of songs <laughs> or whatever. I have come into there it is. Yeah. worship practice. Yeah. With yeah. this mentality of, ugh, ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. we're playing this song. We've got this set. Like based on but starting this show. this last week, this this we're we're up. Our yeah. band is up again. One of them says, and like so the and starting this last says, week, like I had I went into it with a new mindset because I struggle with I when that movie playing out, this raise your lighter in the air kind of worship throughout the entire service. Right. At, like that hippy dippy. Worship. I don't know. We had lighters on Christmas Eve. You remember that? The hippy dippy worship sets that that we tend to do on our team, and I am very you not set list not excited about that stuff. But this year, this this set this time around, I decided to change me right going into it because I preach the whole well. You should be able to worship to anything, but I don't always act like that right and so this time around i decided to go into it with regardless of what the music is right i'm going to worship god in it right and so i think i think that mindset allowed me to get excited at practice even right and so it shouldn't matter if it's the same four songs maybe the same four songs is intentional and the reason is because they haven't understood that you need to be able to worship when it's time to worship. Yeah. It it's it's about your heart place. Right. Not about what necessarily about what's what's being said. I mean, yes, it is important what's being saying. Right. But your styles, your likes, your dislikes doesn't matter because it needs to be that heart of worship. Right. That should be coming out in it. Yeah. So, if it's the same four songs, it's the same four songs. Because the intent is that you come in and praise God. If we praise God, if that was all, I mean, if it was just singing worship music for all of eternity, 
And it was the same song for all of eternity. Would that be a bad thing? No, because it would be us just pouring out our love for God. Yeah. And in the purest, most perfect way. Right. So, so it's really a heart spot. Right. Like, when it comes to all that. And I think I've missed the application, even though I had the head knowledge of it. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm trying to apply that to myself, it, you know, this time around. You know, the starting starting fresh this new year. And so, I, I mean, I don't know. I know it might have gotten off topic of your point, but... No, no. I think, I I think those four songs, like, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. It honestly shouldn't matter if we're playing hymns or if or we're hers. playing... Or hers. <laughs> we're, we'll get there. Um, um, but it shouldn't matter if we're playing hymns or if we're playing Skillet or if we're playing, you know, Thousand Foot or if we're playing, um, you know, New Day or whatever it is. Not New Day. What's the... New song? New song. Well, new song. There's New Day. Is, is there? There's a band called New Day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Elevation. It shouldn't matter what we're playing. You didn't mention Bethel. What about Bethel? What's your feelings on Bethel? I'm not really big on elevation either, but but it shouldn't matter. Yeah, no, I it feel shouldn't you. matter because it whatever we're playing, if our hearts are in the right place, it's not worship. Yeah, and if if the congregation's heart is not being led to the right place, it's not worship. Yeah, and if we don't teach by example by word of mouth, by whatever, we don't teach the congregation and we don't disciple them in what worship actually is, Yeah. then why play a new song? No, I agree. And I think the, that you were actually hitting around this point and the scripture came to mind, um, that you basically asked God to kind of fill you with like a renewing spirit and it um, kind of reminded me, I couldn't remember it, not that, not that good at remembering songs, but um, David writes, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I think that even going into a new year, everybody's all like, oh, new year, new me. But I think that even in like the, the church setting, we should always like come into, when we have a new beginning, like we should always come into it with a fresh perspective. Yeah. You know. Um, one of my favorite worship music artists, um, her name is Misty Edwards. Oh, yeah. Um, love her to death. Some of the teachings are out there from from them too, from, from their group of she's she's teachers. a bepheler isn't she um she oh i don't remember I, they were at ihop at one point in time international oh, house of yeah, prayer um kc right kansas. yeah kansas city um but sh- one of her songs that i love so much one of the lines is he's doing a new thing so we're singing a new song and that is so good because god though he doesn't change yeah does new things all the time yeah He's constantly, you know, changing our hearts. He's constantly changing us. He's constantly changing the world. And so, you know, that that's one of those things that the renewing, like, let's do something, something different, something new, because he's doing something new is yeah. also a cool thing. So it's almost the next step, right? Yeah, after, after, like, once you get to the heart of worship, I love that song so much oh, yeah, because the of Redmond the story song. behind it, yeah. you know, and the how he presented it. Like, I love that so much. Just the coming out and singing it a cappella, you know, no band because it really is. It's about the heart of worship. Yeah, it's not about the words we say, the music that we play, the style we play it in. It's it's about our hearts in it. So. Whether I'm on my knees, on my face, jumping up and down, if my heart is not in it, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing with love in Corinthians. Um, it talks about, you know, it doesn't matter if if you do all of these great things. If it doesn't have the love, then it's just like a banging gong. It's just like clashing cymbals. Like, it doesn't matter, you know. So I, I, I think the same is... is can be said with with regards to worship is that man if if you don't have that heart of worship it don't matter it doesn't matter what you're doing you could be hitting every single note perfect you could be hitting you you could sound like the greatest band in the world but if your heart's not there if you're not leading people in that heart of worship 
Yeah. It doesn't, no, I agree. doesn't matter. You're talking about that and it reminds me back to a band I used to play in um, up in Claremont. It was our young adults band, actually. I remember our worship leader, she um, she would always say, like, you, you got it. You, you, this isn't, we're not just here to play music, right? Like, our job is to usher people to the throne room of Jesus. And um, I remember there are weeks she's like, you know, we, we need to be in the right heart space. And there were just weeks I was like, I'm just showing up to play drums. Like, and it was probably because I was so burnt out of my own self that I didn't, I didn't have the energy or didn't want to put in the, the, the time or the effort or the energy to, um, yeah, to just usher people to the throne room of God. And I, I remember that, you know, um, and you said like that we're just doing it to put on a show, but yeah no but i i think that i think that it definitely stems from um people not getting it yeah people don't understand what worship is yeah and and part of its choice yeah part of its a lack of teaching i think um in general not just you know not saying here but just like in general i think that it, it comes from a lack of wanting to put the effort in like you were talking about like yeah um but if you think about it, Jesus sweat blood in prayer. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Are we, even if it, if we're in our downtime, like our, in our, in our exhaustion and in our, um, frustration in our sorrow in our whatever, we should be worshiping regardless. So worship is not, not just like, Hey, Hey, let's get here and get excited about Jesus. It's a, Jesus, I want to pour into you and pour out to you everything that I can. It doesn't matter if I'm coming in with a load of stuff. All my baggage is coming with me. Like, I'm not leaving my baggage at the door. I hate that statement so much. Like, we're not to leave our baggage at the door. We're to leave it at the feet of Jesus. So, it's good. Like, so what you're saying is we're having altar calls this week. Got it. I'm good with it. Um, is that number? I grew up with altar calls every, every week. Well, we sang just so. as I am this past week. Why didn't it come on? But seriously, though, like, like, it shouldn't matter where your emotions are, how long of a week you've had, if you're, it, you're, you're worshiping should not be based around that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that comes from an understanding of what worship is. Did, did, you, have a, have did you have a discussion about understanding what worship is? We we because didn't really and hit, talking we about, haven't gotten there yet. We kind of oh, okay. like diverged to that a little bit. It I mean, actually started. It stemmed it, but... from relationship. Oh. The conversation basically that you left. It stemmed from we were talking about relationship and how the our part of the relationship needs to always be changing, right? Yeah. And how we as people are not good at adapting our relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And I started talking about how I listened basically to someone's live stream <clears throat> like from this past week and how. It was identical to when I remember it from years ago. Like, and, and to the point that we sa they sang the same songs mm -hmm. this past weekend that I remember playing like four years ago. And, and we started talking about how it doesn't really matter the song, and it matters more about the heart and the perspective of yeah. the heart. Um, I was gonna. You said something about how you know we always you know leave your baggage at the door. I think it's because we get so. And as the person who's all about experience, right? Like, my goal is to make our experience good right that's mm -hmm. kind of right and um i think that at least personally like i get so bogged down on like our experience that we forget that the whole point of the experience is your overall life what you're experiencing in life needs to be reflected in kind of what we do and um when i say the word experience i'm talking like mainly our weekend experience or what people perceive or their perspective of our ministry is when i think of weekend experience like what you're talking about like that that what you do because right. i've been doing it too um when i think of of the point of that mm -hmm. it's not it's not about Obviously, it's not about the lights. It's not about the experience itself. It's about allowing a space that is conductive to the easiest way yeah. to be able to experience God. No, I... I to not I have... To remove all distractions and to get yourself into a readied spot. Yeah. That, that, is, that is when I think of the experience or the production or the tech or the whatever you want to call it or say yeah. about the weekend like it's to get to the point where it's it's the easiest way that we can we can you know yeah be able together to to get together to experience god 
Yeah, and you said something very key to that was distraction-free. Yeah. And, like, I don't know about the rest of you, but, like, if there's something that, like, is overly distracting, like, part of my, like, overall goal is to create things that are less distracting, right? And so, um, like, and I love lighting, right? You all probably know me pretty well and if you're listening. But I love lighting, but sometimes it's distracting, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that creating a distraction-free environment has more of the intentionality of the environment that we're trying to create rather than just preventing distractions. It's more about the intentionality going into it. Um, there's a famous worship leader. His name is Israel Houghton. And he says the, um, the atmosphere of expectation, right? So if you go into a place expecting God to show up, the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles, mm-hmm. right? God's going to move whether, whether we want him to or not. He's God, mm-hmm. we're not, right? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of plainly how it is. But... If we go in expecting God and we, we go in give, bringing our best and not just, you know, bringing it like, oh, this is the best we have to offer, but like the best that we can, right, that, that God will move. Y'all said a lot of different things that are bouncing around in my head right now. Sorry, we went like seven different directions. No, and that's but okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, you know, it is, it's good. I, I appreciate the whole discussion on removing distractions and, and, and I know we'll get to what is worship, but worship, worship is, it's a posture of your heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's really what it is. Like worship can happen in anything. And, and that's one big giant thing I believe we miss, especially in, in our current context is there's a lot of people who put worship in church in a box and say yeah. worship only happens at church. Right. Worship should right. happen everywhere. Worship should happen in your car. Worship should happen in the shower. Worship should happen when you're at work. Worship should happen, happen when you're watching TV. Worship should happen when you're on social media. Worship should happen in all of those in all of those contexts because that's really what we're created to do. We're created to worship. Yeah. And we define like we create barriers for all of those things that I don't want worship to happen in certain contexts or areas of my life because I don't feel like they're spiritual and yet our spirit is connected to all of those things and that you know that's one thing and, and that takes me to like the the whole distraction free environment so I know this is jumping into something a little bit different and we could could chase that other rabbit a little bit but what what is a distraction? You're so, saying distraction. Yeah, what like what is a distraction? Right. Interruptions. Oh, but what is an interruption? Well, so like what what is that? Because I I think about okay. I don't know. There, it's, again, there's a lot going on right now. What is a distraction? I, and I would say that like I understand where you're coming from because like I can be in a I've been in a room by myself praying, like had an hour where I was dedicated to praying. Mm-hmm. And I, there's nothing in the room, and I still get distracted by mm-hmm. thoughts, yeah. by mm-hmm. things, by the wall next to me. Like So, worshiping, I'm so, not trying to say worshiping should be distraction-free, all right? Okay. First off, uh, worship, yes, should be in all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. But on our end, on the church experience weekend end, that is our goal, to be able to create an environment that it has the least amount of a sh- ex- distractions mm-hmm. so that at least whenever they come in on Sunday morning, yeah. they don't have those distractions yeah. that are yeah. extra. We don't have extra. the lights okay. up because they see, you know, that that spot on the wall is not painted evenly or, you know, there's not panels the t- all the, tile falling all the way around the, the room yeah. or the tiles falling from the ceiling. Like or the strobing light while the preacher's we, preaching. Right, right. Strobing light while the yeah. preacher's preaching. So like... Our goal on a weekend is to try to remove as much of that distraction as possible because we know they're going to be distracted during the week. Mm. Mm. And so so I think that distraction-free is not the goal of all worship. I think it's the goal of our weekend experience worship. Yeah. Well, Well, and it's selective distraction, too. Yeah. Like, what I hear coming from you is that what our intent is in, in, we'll call it worship production. I don't necessarily like that word because worship isn't a production. Uh, agree. agree. So I, I like that. Guy. Yeah, yeah. As a production guy, and I know we've had a lot of that discussion about tr- production tech, all that kind of stuff, like, but and arguments back and forth. But that's okay. Where it's, it's good, healthy. it's all good and healthy to so argue. It's all his. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, what what I what I hear you saying is that 
what we need to operate, what worship is, is operating out of a place of excellence. It's mm. us giving our yeah. best, doing our best, mm-hmm. and, and eliminating the things that should be avoidable, like a strobing light, like, you know, like um, not putting in the appropriate amount of preparation. If we're going to stand on the stage and sing or play an instrument or do any of those things, it's doing that with excellence right. to, our, to the best of our ability. Right. Um, and making sure we're putting in the appropriate amount of, of preparation to get mm-hmm. to that place. If you're in the back running tech, like, you know, you're changing things you're, at the right you're, you're time. changing yeah. things appropriately to, to mitigate those distractions. And, and I appreciate that because I was at another church where things that aren't necessarily that aren't worship distractions, but are production distractions, um, those things were confused. Yeah. And and the big thing is was children at this church that I was at. That right. children shouldn't be in adult worship. Should children shouldn't be in the, the the main auditorium while worship is happening unless they are somewhat confined. And if there are children in there, there have to be areas that are that they're out of kind of kind of kind of Kind of the line of sight. Yeah, Yeah. they're out of that area where they may distract others. And... And I, I wrestled a lot at that place. I, I wrestled with some of the the authority, the brass at that place about children not as a distraction. However, I lost that fight, and children were deemed a distraction. Well, see, that's that's an unfortunate thing because Jesus says, "Let them come to me." Yeah, yeah. right. Like that, and childlike faith. Like, uh, how can we experience what a child is doing in worship without them being in worship? Yeah, yeah. that's us? the funny thing. I was using the Bible to to discuss <laughs> things, and they weren't. Like yeah. they were, they were just using using their flesh to talk through, and I was using. Well, here's what the Bible says about this stuff. Like, right. I think, and then that's where that's where the distraction became, and and I think something else that I think about, like to create like a more streamlined distraction free environment, is we make our experience become an idol. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's I was good. thinking about a moment yeah. ago was that. Um, because I'm like I said, I'm a lighting guy, and I have friends who do amazing lighting, mm-hmm. but it is distract like just even watching like Instagram or, or, or any other like form of social media where I'm not there physically, and they're highlighting their their lighting or their sound or it's it's literally distracting from the King of Kings like art like production was distracting from it and so mm-hmm. and that makes me think like how can we be more effective while still doing it well mm-hmm. right and, and well i think it's i think it's like the intent right the yeah, intention it's like it's all about um, the intention and where i came at with it whenever i was doing it was was like how can i make this song the words in it mm-hmm. the feeling of it in light form yeah so that mm-hmm. it is all encompassing mm-hmm. So the lights aren't distracting, but they fit with the song. They flow with the song. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I, I... An extension of the song. An extension yeah. of the song itself, it, it, so that it encompasses the entire room. Yeah, yeah. And it encases the entire room. That, that's, I'm not saying I always nailed it, but I'm saying no. like that was my intention. I appreciate that. Worship. And the cool thing is I see... I know you guys have your differences... As from a production standpoint, but I or see you, standpoint. I see you do very similar things. Like you will play through the worship set, the worship set. Okay, the yeah, the the worship the set, set, the song yeah, set. The song yeah. set. You'll yeah. play through the song set the same way you did. And what I see you guys doing is listening and feeling. Yeah, and that's what worship is all about. It's listening and feeling, and you both try to translate that in a way. That when when this light goes up, when that light goes up, when these lights strobe, when it, that you're conveying that that message, that power, that the impact of the worship experience, you're elevating the worship experience, which is really cool. That that you guys work, you've worked, di- you you come from a different place of yeah. it's funny because we have similar backgrounds. You have similar kind backgrounds, of, and of. you take a very similar approach, even though sometimes you communicate it completely different. Oh no, which they is, definitely is really cool. Completely different. Yeah, we, we and yeah. we've come to that yeah. understanding. Right, like, right. We're not the same person yeah. in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. We don't even like most of the same things. Yeah, no, or any of the same thing. You like donuts. Oh, I love donuts. Okay, we, we like donuts. You don't get 
you don't get the shape with my yeah, wait, do, of donuts. Do you like frappuccinos? Yeah. Okay, well, we like frappuccinos and donuts. <laughs> we can be friends. Where do you get your frappuccinos go. from? But... Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. I like frappuccinos. If we ain't eating, we can... we I don't like. I don't like iced yeah. coffee. I don't like hot coffee, but frappuccinos, really? man. Like I'm. Uh, I don't like coffee because I like espresso. I, I started with espresso. Coffee tastes watered down to me. So, anyways. No, but you say distractions and stuff, and like. What do you interpret us saying? Well, distractions no. You say it in a negative context, but like the way that our brains work, because that's some of what I studied because I find the middle school brain fascinating and so disturbing all at the same time. But the way that our brains work is that, yeah, I love I feel like it operates a lot like yours. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's why they got married, (laughs) Nick. Special, special, not me, middle schoolers. Oh. Lizzie, don't be don't be married. Lizzie's brain (laughs) operates a lot like a middle schooler. No, but like. The way that the bra- that your brain works and the way that media and shows and stuff has geared you is to to watch something for five to ten minutes and then there's a commercial break. Of course, nowadays it's not as much anymore. Are you saying we should have five to ten minutes of worship and then a commercial break? No, but I, what I'm saying is your not. brain is being so has it. been has been for your entire life wired to get those distractions and get those breaks and stuff. So right. it's okay for that to happen, mm-hmm. right. and you can we can be more purposeful in using that in the church and studying that and looking mm-hmm. at that and being like, Hey, we know this is a point of distraction. So maybe this isn't the point in my sermon when, you know, when you're preaching Nick, this is maybe not the time you hit them with the, you know, the one liner. Yeah. The one liner. That that's like, okay. That sum- su- summarizes the whole thing. Like that's like if, cause I studied it in, in college and stuff. And it's, it's just so interesting how that works. And like, it's about every 15 minutes you need a brain break where your brain detaches and comes back to it if you are engaged in it, even if you were fully engaged in something. Mm. And I sat through two years of classes after I learned this and would, would take note of when I did that, and it was every 15 to 20 minutes yeah. during the rest of my lectures and stuff. Um, if it was something I wasn't interesting, it was every five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Like, if it was something that didn't engage, that I didn't think engaged me very well, then it was, like, every five minutes that I would look at the clock. Mm-hmm. So, when you say that, so, like, if you notice, like, a, like, the really good TV show, right, that you like, mm-hmm. you know, you hate that commercial break. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want that distraction time. Because you're so engaged in it, and then you're like, oh. Like, I think our, our goal on a, a weekend experience is to remove that commercial break because we want that them to understand the content is so grasping like well, we want to create the environment to where they can they can see that that intrigue mm-hmm. we want they're, them to see that jesus they're using the same commercial. psychology in that commercial break though and mm-hmm. and in the way that they the way that they write the script and the, and build the plot and everything mm-hmm. in in that hour block that every I don't know what is it eight minutes seven minutes yeah. so between seven and ten minutes right. there's there's a big crescendo and a commercial break and then it comes back and it capitalizes on that and usually it's not climactic until somewhere in the middle and, and then you've got that slow build up again and that big crescendo and a commercial break and and it it works that way the whole way through because because of the way that you engage and the way that you embrace things and and the way that you worship because i mean that's kind of what you're doing when you get emotionally involved in something like that to the point where you're like oh my gosh why did jack just die he was a heartthrob right (laughs) bro bro i'm still reeling with it okay why what too soon how could they shoot jack literally i watched that just a couple hours ago man hey rigor mortis hasn't even set in come on give me a break (laughs) the body's still warm um it's interesting you say that because um, I think so often we get so we get so bogged down on our structure, maybe in our service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something I appreciate about you is that you don't follow the normal structure, I, at least from my perspective. Like every other like non-denominational restoration movement Christian church has had the identical same structure, mm-hmm. and that we do it a little differently. And I, I don't know if that's intentional to be behind it. Partially. I know, yeah. I know that you have some intentionality behind like your, your teaching and your style of teaching, but it kind of goes back to that whole storyboard moment. Like we were talking about Mm -hmm. just a moment ago, because shows will plan for that commercial break. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they're very intentional on it. And, um, 
I think something else, going back to the distraction, is the distraction a lot of times that there is no intentionality. Mm. Like how many of us who grew up in the church heard, I, I, this, this was my favorite, well, I had a few thoughts on my way up here this morning. Dude, you're about to preach for 30 seconds. You know, had a 15-second walk up to the pulpit, and you mm. didn't plan for a month. Mm. Like, uh, anybody else have that, like, mm. had that kind of upbringing or that there was just no like pre-planning behind uh, things that happen, especially in, in the, the community gathering of the people of God. Like mm-hmm. there was just, it was just, meh. Mm, we'll, just... well, I think, I don't know. I think part of that though, you got to give some leeway to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm one of those people that I don't get bogged down. I hate being bogged down by this is how we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I grew up in like playing worship where we did, we had kind of an idea that we were going to go verse one, verse two, chorus, whatever. But, like, we completely watched the worship leader to see what he was going to do because it was never going to follow a solid plan. Mm -hmm. And that was because he just followed what the Holy Spirit pushed him to. Mm -hmm. Are you suggesting the Holy Spirit can't lead us and guide us as we're planning? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, like, the, the people who are that do follow like that, that that's not a bad thing. It's not it's not a bad thing to do that. I think we should absolutely be ready and planning. But if you're stuck to this this is how order of service, this is how the order of the song goes, if you're so stuck on doing it that way cuz that's the way you know it and you're not able to flow with it, then how are you able to move with the Holy Spirit? You know what I mean? Yeah, as long as it doesn't become an excuse or a cop-out. Because mm-hmm. God is a God of order, not of chaos. Mm-hmm. And bringing chaos into that setting because that's way, the way you feel like you should do it isn't necessarily a good thing either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think there's a good balance. I would I, argue even that... I think you plan thoroughly and be ready, but be open to if there's mm-hmm. something like, hey... I, this is really on my heart today, you know, and, and we're going to do this a little different. That's okay. Be free right. to do that. But that doesn't mean you can't plan and be prepared and um, and still be just as spirit-led. Mm-hmm. Spirit-led doesn't have to be spontaneity, you know? Sure. sure. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that, that you you have to plan more for spontaneity. Like, if it's, I can speak for worship music, right? Music. I can speak to that more. You... It's one thing to know a song, we're going to do it, verse one, verse two, chorus, verse three, chorus, that's it. But you have to plan more, and you have to know the song better in order to flow. Mm -hmm. So, like, it takes a lot more practice, it takes a lot more preparation to be able to flow. It's It's like, you know, whenever we get all bound up whenever there's an opportunity to share the gospel, Right. Why are we all bound up? Because we don't feel like we prepared enough. Mm. But if we are in our scripture every day and we're focusing on Jesus all the time, like it just rolls off our tongue and it just is a part of our life. Mm -hmm. So it takes more preparation and more practice to be able to flow if we get off track Mm -hmm. than it does to go by an order. So I don't know. So that's just from... From my experience in perspection, or perspection, perspection, perspective of coming from music player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I agree. We should not. We, neither neither field, neither thought field, it should be anything we get hung up on. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be hung up on. It's not flowing with the spirit because we have a structure, or you know, there needs to be a structure, or else you know. You can't function like right. there. There's that. Those should not be opposing things, nor should they be the focal point. It comes back to the focal point being worship and everything that we do, mm-hmm. like and excellence in that worship mm-hmm. and everything that we do requires and, time, practice, effort. Yeah, and and take the caveat with with excellence is not perfection. It's yeah. not playing mm-hmm. it the way that we heard it on the radio. It's excellence is your best. Mm-hmm. And right. it's knowing that you poured into it your heart, your soul, your time, your energy, your effort. That's what excellence really is. Like, that can't get confused in all this either. And we, we do confuse that. We think, I'm not good enough to 
because I didn't go to Bible college because I never, Amen to that. I never took official, you know, I, I've, I've never, I'm a hobbyist when it comes to playing, uh, playing an instrument or whatever. And yet a lot of people get in their own way that way. I, we've got a drummer like that. Like dude's been playing drums for, I don't know, 30 years, 20 years at yeah. least. And he gets in his own way yeah. Because he doesn't feel like he's good enough. And yeah. and that's cool. Like, it's cool. You should be humble right. in your craft. Yeah. But he he really is, he's a he's a good drummer. I would say, yeah, yeah, and when he lets go and flows and yeah. just feels it, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's so incredible. Good. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah. he, he knows he can just meld in. But I, I agree. Yep. And I think that, that that's part of my problem, too, with, with, I get in my own way thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not a good enough guitarist, so I don't want to play guitar anymore. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not good enough electric player. Yep. So yeah, no, that's totally yep. a solid yep. point. Have, um, I have that same that same discussion with God every weekend. It's always Saturday when I come in <laughs> to prepare. I'm like, I'm not ready. Like I, but he points me back to the fact that I. It's not. It's not just the time you spent studying this week and looking at scripture and and you know reading devotions and and reading commentaries. It's it's what I prepared you for from the very beginning. Like yeah. right. we, we we've got to look at that holistically as well. And and then the other side that he always convicts me as is no, you're not worthy. Like yeah. you're not worthy to stand in, in this pulpit. You're not worthy to share my word. But you know what? I'm equipping you and telling you this is yeah. what you need to do right now. Yeah, God God God's perspective on it is is very much a I have prepared you yeah. for this moment. Yeah. yeah. Not talking about tomorrow. Not talking about the next day. Not talking about yesterday. But, but I've prepared you for this moment right here your yeah. whole life. I yeah. think um, I used to, I have a mentor. He used to say this, and he probably still says it until his dying day, is, is get out of God's way. Yeah. And it's a humbling statement, and, and, you know, people will go and, well, you know, you know, if you think you're in God's way, then you don't really think he's a big enough God. But I think it's so often that we, we play God ourselves, mm -hmm. and we start – you know, calling the shots and saying, maybe I'm not worthy to be in this place. And it's like, well, you know, that old saying that if God called you to it, he'll call you through it. Mm -hmm. Right. But in the same sense, it's that we're relying on the Holy Spirit and then we get out of God's way. Cause if he, he led us to the river, he's obviously going to get us through it. And, mm -hmm. um, that reminds me of a, a song lyric from the song born this way. Not, not not that one, but the the one by Thousand Foot Crutch. It's about sales, like they, he's, quoting Lady like, Gaga now. No, like... no, not Lady Gaga, but but that's Thousand how Derek Foot worships. Uh, hey man, <laughs> she is an incredible musician. I just uh, yeah. God gave her tons of talent. Um, I know Justin she, Bieber will turn her Christian someday. Um, so <laughs> he's going to be the next pastor at Hillsong in Dallas. I don't know. There was a rumor floating around about that. Uh, he there was another rumor that he left Hillsong. So yeah, I don't know. You were right. saying, Sorry, I don't even remember. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So from the song Born This Way from Thousand Foot Crutch, uh, there's a line that goes, hop on board or get out the way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it almost, I, I picture, like, it's it's got, like, a southern rock feel mm -hmm. to the album. That's, yeah. And so I picture this train. And I, I, I imagine, like, you're standing on the, in the tracks, right? And it's either, you either move or you're going to get hit or you get on board and he's going to take you where we're going. Mm -hmm. that's so good. that's, yeah, I like that. I like this, that. uh, this entire time I had this song that we used to sing with the same guy who actually told me that the saying, get out of God's way, um, was the song by physical Hilton, the worship leader. Um, and the, the song's a very simple song. The name of the song is to worship you. I live. And the chorus goes like this to worship you. I live to worship you. I live. I live to worship you. Mm -hmm. That's the entire song. And I think that whole perspective that worship isn't just something we do, it's who we are, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, wow, wow, I'm getting emotional. Wow, it's okay, I cried last time we had a... No, but in the same sense, I, I think that we, we make it so complicated, and, and even from, you know, even from, like, a production standpoint, we can always overcomplicate things, but I think even okay. just as the standard, like, Christian who comes to church and... You know, they're just trying to meet Jesus and have God meet them where they're at. I think that we overcomplicate it mm -hmm. so much. We overcomplicate the gospel so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which brings us to politics. Well, and that that that's it, right? That's the technical over the feeling it. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's when I when I teach guitar, I teach that you can teach all of this, but you can't teach the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to feel the music. Mm-hmm. I could I could teach a monkey to play the guitar. I couldn't probably teach a monkey to play the guitar, but you know what I mean. Like you can teach all of the steps. They can have all of the steps memorized, but you have to feel it, or else are you really playing music? Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. So no, so it's all about the feeling it. Mm-hmm. Music and I don't emotional. I don't know how to explain that in a turn in a way, unless you just you understand it. Like yep. I can't I can't explain that. But yeah, yep. it's just like calling actually. Because I remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how I made a joke about how if you feel called to be a pastor, like. Granted, Bible college is a good thing, so I'm not discounting that. Mm-hmm. Or, or formal education is a good thing. But you're either called or you're not. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of Billy Graham, one of the world's greatest evangelists after the Apostle Paul, right? Whether you like him or don't like him, I'm a numbers guy. His numbers don't lie, right? Mm-hmm. And Billy Graham, his freshman year in college, and that's funny because I was just looking at his picture a moment ago too. Um, Billy Graham in his freshman year, in his introduction to public speaking class, they told him, why are you, why are you a preaching major? You are not a good speaker, mm-hmm. and he felt the calling. Like he was, mm-hmm. he knew he was called, but he didn't know where to go with it. And so he practiced and he put his heart into it. And obviously, we know what happened to Billy Graham's ministry. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, getting told that you weren't good enough, mm-hmm. and then to turn out to be one of the best. Yeah, so that's where most stories start out. Yeah. I mean, you can you can relate that to. Popular culture and Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Like not being told he was good enough to play on his high school basketball team to become, I will say, the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball. Like everybody else is just a shadow of LeBron James or of Michael Jordan. LeBron James. LeBron James. I'm I'm talking to you. I'm not in either one of them, Shadow. Um, One of my favorite musicians just recently overcame one of those, and it was – uh, Lindsay Sterling. Oh yeah, she was told on America's Got Talent, I believe it was, that she is an okay musician, but she's not flying in the air playing good. Mm. And she actually flew in the air by her hair playing recently as a as a I guess a in your face mm-hmm. accomplishment, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that. That's also that defining moment for that person is saying that they would never be able to do it or they're not good enough decides whether they're going to continue with it or not. Um, Because I was told that I would never be able to do ministry full-time and be successful at it Mm -hmm. um, because I am female and because I I studied, mostly what I studied was uh, middle school ministry. And I was told nobody wants a female youth minister Nobody wants a female um, minister in general, like, and um, by like my grandfather, mm. <laughs> like by people like those that who know you me. Consider yeah. Close. yeah, yeah, that I was close with. Um, you do realize and Judas my, was close to Jesus, yeah, too, right? And but I was also told uh, by my parents that it was going to be hard, and my yeah. I was like, so what? So what right. if it's hard? Yeah, and. Um, there's kind of that defining moment where you decide whether, like, is your relationship with God, like, is what you're doing, like, what God wants you to do? And if so, like, then you just got to push forward through all that gross, sticky, messy that's going to make it hard. Mm-hmm. And so many times, like, a lot of the people, because I, I studied youth ministry, so almost all of the people in my major were guys. Mm-hmm. Of all of the core group that I hung out with them, none of them are doing ministry and mm. had quit within two years. Yeah. Mm. Um, various reasons. I'm not sure. I mean, some got burnt by churches, whatever. Um, but after two years, all of them were out of their first ministries. And I was very lucky because I was in my first one for four and a half years, which is very um, uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, youth and, um Well, I did children's and uh, mm. middle school. Mm. But, yeah, it's very uncommon for someone to be somewhere that long. And, um, but I think of, like, they all had the calling. Mm-hmm. But then 
uh, some of it was they limited what God, they thought God could do with their lives mm-hmm. or they couldn't get over that being told that they weren't good enough in some aspect or some way and stuff. And these were these were people that were more on fire than I was getting started out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, though, that just... callings come at a cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know? Oh, yeah. And, and my situation was different from them because a lot of them were married and stuff like that. So it, some of that changes some of what's going on, you know, in their lives. And I was single like going i was like hey god wherever you want me i applied to jobs in all 50 states like alaska yes hawaii yes like real question did you apply to maine anywhere in everywhere i literally every state i applied to 200 jobs Hmm. heard back from three two of them said hey no because you're a female right (laughs) you're a girl I'm like, yes, We're the he-man woman haters. Yeah. And then one said, hey, you know, we have this children's middle school ministry. Come check us out. And they like, came to you, didn't they? They came to, to me. Yeah, I was at, at the time I was working at a, a Christian summer camp in Indiana, and they drove from Kansas to Indiana to interview me. Hmm. Like, that doesn't happen besides a God thing. Like, Well, and as an encouragement to the to the people who aren't, where they they feel like they're called to whenever we got married um i'm i'm lizzie's husband or wife if you hear me on a sunday sometime i introduce He's a myself ministry wrong. wife <laughs> I, i'm a ministry wife um Mrs. but Mrs. i was Stevenson. i had every goal and intention and felt the calling it, to be a youth pastor and then every turn that wasn't the right thing for me to do and every time I tried, I I got in the way. And so even though I have the public speaking ability and I'm good at it and I love it, like, and I went through the schooling and and I thought that I <laughs> knew enough and was, was good enough, like, that's not, I, I've learned that that's not what God wants for me. God wants something else. And I haven't found what that is yet. I'm moving through it. So as an encouragement to those of you who are like, ah, yeah, I don't have a clue, um, it's okay. Like part of life experience is, is figuring out between here and eternity where where God's going to have us while we're on this earth. So, um, But just, just for those of you who feel like life has changed, like I'm right there with you. Like I, I, life has changed for me, my... My goals, my direction has completely been thrown off rails. Um, but it kind of makes me want to <laughs> sometimes quit. Sometimes it makes me want to quit. That's something that I've I've experienced recently is just wanting to quit everything. Um, but at the same time, I want to encourage everybody to just keep trucking and hop on board that, that J train, um, that Jesus train that, that's chugging through because... God has so much more for you than what you have planned for yourself. So I got a ticket to ride. Ride, ride, wanna ride on the J train. On the J train, wanna ride on the J train. Anyway, so Toby Mac. There you go, man. I was about to say, I was like, that sounds like a Toby Mac song. It totally is. I don't know. In the same sense, like an encouragement for you, the Israel God had the Israelites wander. God had them wander for 40 years. Right. Well, I mean, so they, they did something die. stupid. It should have oh, only been a two-year journey. <laughs> True. Right? It's so it ended up being 38 more. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, they, because they acted a fool. But and, and, and that So you're is, saying that Derek has never applies, acted a fool. Though. If you think about it, that no, still it applies because yeah. I got in my way. Yeah. I mean, in my eyes, every single time I have gotten in my way yeah. when it came to that. So, so going forward, I mean... I don't know what God's got in store for me, but I'm on board. I'm, I'm ready. You know, like I, I'm not ready, but I'm, I'm accepting of whatever hits me because I know that he hasn't failed me before, even though I have failed him time and time again. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, both situations, right? I understand that they, they wandered because they screwed up, but mm-hmm. I'm the one who screws up every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that is a common theme in all of our lives that we make mistakes, and a lot of times it's the cocky I I can do this mm-hmm. that gets in my way. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.